Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, my next guest has seen it all politically. He was a running mate to Enda Kenny for many elections. He sat around the cabinet table and he's instantly recognisable throughout the country and indeed this special county which he loves so well. Michael Ring, you're very welcome to the programme. Well, Bobby, thank you very much. And we're really, really pleased to have News Talk and yourself down here today. You're always a great rural man. We're great to see you and you're very welcome. You did a fabulous programme and listened to a good bit of it today. Good man. And you can see what's going on in Mayo. Fantastic what's happening. Um, it must, like, the, the, the pride that I sense here, and I've, I've been here, what, nearly, nearly 48 hours. But when you meet people in Mayo, you know, even that, that announcement last week about Castle Bar being the best place in Ireland to live and work, Ballina coming second, only, what, 35 minutes up the road. Um, what is it that makes this place so special, in your view, Michael? Well, in my view, Bobby, I tell you, there's a great community spirit. There's one thing about Mayo, just even take, the, the, the Mayo team, the way that, that the county followed them year after year. We haven't won in All-Ireland in many, 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 many years. I didn't, I didn't years. think we were going to and talk about that no, so but soon. No, but, but, but I just want to lead in. And then you take Castlebar, you take Ballinay, you take Westport, Clare Morris, all fantastic towns. But I'll tell you what the common denominator is. The common denominator is community, community spirit. People love their town, love their area, love their community. And, you know, there was a pro- last week I was listening about people volunteering. And Mayo is one of the top places in the country for volunteers, right. for sport and for tidy towns. I take the tidy towns. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a great spirit in this country. And would there be sort of a positive, healthy competitive spirit between those towns and in, in, and I mean that in a positive way that they'd be vying each other for be it in sport or in looking for tourists or whatever it might be uh, is there healthy competition there there is there was a time when there might be you know one was probably competing and saying one was getting more than the other but they now all realize that if Westport is doing well Castlebar will do well. If Castlebar is doing well, Ballinay will do well. And now, like, th- th- I came from a community in Westport where I, I can remember back as far back at the 80s, I was at the town council. And the issue on the, uh, uh, th- th- at that particular time was the dereliction of the town. And Westport, now, not me saying it, Bobby, uh, the Irish Times, uh, the best town in Ireland to live in. Yeah. And then you have Castlebar winning the award, Ballinay come in second. And it just shows you, it's all about community. It's all about spirit. It's about people wanting to do good for their community. But you ask the question, the question you asked is, people now, like, even take Ackill. You know, Ackill was at one time competing very much with Westport. They used to feel that they were getting the tours and they weren't going to Ackill. Now they're working with Westport. Westport are now sending them into Ackill and Ackill are sending them to Westport. They're, if Westport yeah. is filled, they come to Castlebar. If Castlebar is filled, they go to Ballinay. We're working as a county. And the county council, to be fair, they have a, a grouping there within the council and they're pushing the county, trying to bring people together, trying to get people to work with one another and help and support one another. 30 years is a long time in public life, Michael. Uh, when you, you know, and, and, and as I say, you've been, you've been a TD for thirty years. When you think back to those early years of, you know, uh, sharing, I suppose the constituency with Enda Kenny. Uh, I know you had your own rivalries uh, on the GAA pitch, but that was even before the <laughs> politics. But but it, it truly is a kind of a rich political story, uh, full of personality, full of. I suppose, drama over the years, but to be constantly elected for 30 years, uh, in year on, year in, year out, is some achievement. 
Well, look, at, I'll give you a good laugh. I actually, I got elected in 1979 to the town council. Then I got elected to the county council, and then I got elected to the Dáil. At one time, I was on the town council, the county council, and the Dáil. I, I was at meetings Monday, Thursday, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the Dáil. But then I had to give up. The, the town councils were taken away. The biggest single mistake, I blame my own government. They should never have taken away the town councils out of Ballinair, Castlebar, Westport. They were a big loss. But you look at, you asked me a question. I've been very lucky. I got elected in a by-election in 1994. Uh, I was just looking at some shots my daughter did for me over the Christmas. It was actually... The late Jim Fahey sent them on to me, the, 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 the cuttings. Uh, he, he, he came to Westboro that night, he was at the count, and he sent it on to me. And, you know, they gave me no chance in 1994 because, like, Patrick Flynn went to Europe as a commissioner. Beverly was going to be the, the daughter. She was going to win it. And, of course, Fianna Fáil had four out of six in Mayo for yeah. 25 years before that. Now, we were in the old Mayo West, and nobody gave me a chance. And I got elected in, uh, in the by-election in And then what happened, Bobby? In 97, then, what did they do? They took Mayo East to Mayo West and they put them together so we had a single five-seater. And of course, everybody expected that Fianna Fáil would win uh, four out of, or three out of five, but they didn't. And they gave me no chance and I had Jim Higgins and Indy Kenny going around with two state cars and I was <laughs> following them all over the place. But I can tell you one thing, uh, they had the two state cars, but I came home <laughs> first. Uh, I was elected, I got top the poll, I got elected, we won three out of five and I've held my seat ever since. And I want to thank the people at Mayo, but yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've given it everything all in the last 30 years. I've given it everything. What, day and do, you, what do you enjoy about it? Uh, do, do you enjoy the buzz? Do you enjoy the always being on? Do you enjoy fellas stopping you on the street saying, will you sort this out for me? Well, you might uh, always enjoy that when someone <laughs> has given out to you, but <laughs> all I said to you is, you look at, <clears throat> well, you go back 30 years. What I really enjoyed about it uh, was, you know, being able to be there and being able to help and support people. I was very good at the clinics. I did the clinics all over the county. I have a clinic even to this day, every Monday in my office, you know, people come in. The one thing that I find about politics is people trust you. And people tell you things that they wouldn't tell their doctor. They tell you things that they wouldn't tell the priest. They give out about politicians. They give out about the church. The first two they come to, I put my profession first, it's a politician and the priest when they're in difficulty. And they do come to us. They yeah. give out about us. And the media over the years, you know, they would never understand the connection that people have with the politicians. But I'll move on. Yeah, We're into a different generation now. And this social media is, is really affecting not... Politics is affecting everything in life. Yeah. And if we don't do something about it, and if governments don't do something about it, we're going to have a serious problem for young children. And I'll tell you one thing, these mobile phones, giving them to kids of seven and eight and nine, parents need to start thinking because it's like giving them a bullet because it's shocking what's going on. It's shocking what's happening. You know, we came up in difficult times and we thought there were bad times, but there were happier times, better times, and not as dangerous as they are now. I know. And Michael, as somebody who's been, I suppose, steeped in rural affairs over the years, you've had the portfolio <clears throat> does it irk you hearing D4 TDs telling you how things should be run down in the west of Ireland does it that whole D that whole South Dublin thing you know the the sort of the Dublin centric politics you know where, where 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 decisions effectively are made but that affect you know, the people in in your constituency, the people you see every... Does it piss you off it does. that these fellas are saying, you know what, they should be doing this in Ca Castle Bar or doing that up out in Ackle? They have no understanding of rural life. And I've said it even in the, the Dáil Committee this week about Europe. Europe and the, the European Union have made an industry out of civil service, given them big jobs. 
you just take small businesses, just take small businesses. Our government this year brought in a number of changes that has affected small business in a big way. Why is there so many small businesses closing at the moment? Because they, they, the, all the changes in the minimum wage, in bank yeah. holidays, it was pension schemes. And then they put up the VAT from 9 up to 13. And I'm saying this to the Taoiseach and the government. Immediately, immediately they have to decouple away from the hotels. They have to do something for small businesses, small little restaurants. They have to bring down the VAT rate again from 13.5% to 9 to get them. And they have to look at the rates. It's the one thing that has irked me for 30 years. Coming back because I want to answer the question you asked me. It drives me crazy. People are living up in a bubble. And they're still living in the bubble. They're still lecturing people at the moment about, you know, uh, immigration. And they're still telling people, saying things that, you know, they're not true. Rural Ireland and people in rural Ireland are very understanding, are very decent people if they're given a chance. But when people start, you know, uh, you, you know, taking advantage of them and they see what's happening, people don't like it. People respond. And to be fair, most people are, are, are good, decent, honest people that want to help and support people if they can. But there's people up there in Dublin that never employed anyone in their life. They came out of college, went into some of them went into politics others went to the civil service they never employed anybody in their life and they don't know what it's like to employ anybody yeah. and that's the problem and they're making decisions in Europe and in Dublin that's affecting small businesses that are affecting people's lives and they're not and I have to be honest with you they don't really have an understanding what politics is about We're in a bank holiday weekend I saw uh, earlier in early or back in uh, 2023 uh, you said that plans uh, for increased penalty points on bank holidays will be fought to nail. Is that, a, is that an example of, do you think increased penalty points on a bank holiday weekend that are clearly done with the right intention to prevent uh, careless driving or irresponsible driving, do you see that as, as something I do. I do that, think- that, that is a kind of a... Uh, sticks in the craw of rural Ireland. It's a bit like the the, 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 the vans that are around the place with the penalty points. You, know, you see them in corners where there's never going to be an accident. And it's only about revenue. And it's only about revenue. But I will say this, we've had a terrible tragedy since the beginning of the year and I offer my sympathy to any family that has suffered. But everybody else out there, you know, 99.9% of the people obey the laws. We have, two, we have enough law. We have, all we need now is enforcement. We need the guards to be there and we need them to be there. And the government can't be saying in one hand, well, we're going to bring in more penalty points. All that's doing is the poor girlina, the, the mother that's gone around collecting the child at school. And you have a, a, a van, as I saw in Clare Morris recently, outside, outside and within the 30 mile speed limit, within the 30, in the middle of the town and the van there and only waiting for people going to yeah. a football match that evening. That irritates people. It upsets people. And that's, that's where, revenue generation I rather mean, than road safety. That's right. And in Dublin, I mean, you won't go 10 years in an hour in some places. I mean, we can, you know, travel. When the, and, and this is part of the problem. They, you know, they, they just don't have an understanding of rural life. And they, they respond all the time. And what they respond to is to the media. And they shouldn't be responding to the media. When I was minister, I responded to myself and I, I sized things up. I, when they come in to me and say, look, at the media saying that, I said, just calm down now and we, we, we look at this. I was minister and I had the pleasure of setting up the Department of Rural and Community Development, Did brought it through the doll, and I was the minister. That's the problem with some of the fellows we have now. They're not ministers. Do, you, I do, you, ever min- get, do you ever get called to heel on the basis that you don't, maybe your thinking is slightly different to, to, to some of the other government ministers in Dublin, etc.? Do, do, do they ever slap you on the wrist and say, Michael, you need to tone it down a bit there? 
there. Well, yeah, they slapped me on the wrist, but I have a good wrist and I'm, you know, I slap back and I slap back on many occasions. And I was in the cabinet and I can't, I can't be, I wouldn't give divulge anything on the cabinet, but I wasn't afraid to say what I had to say. I wasn't afraid to stand up what, what I thought was wrong. Probably that's why I didn't get back into the cabinet. They were glad to get rid of me because I, if I was there with Eamon Ryan now, I'll tell you one thing, there would be a lot of trouble in the cabinet. Well, look, we leave it there before we have green blood spilt all over the studio here in Castlebar. Michael Ring, it's always a pleasure. You've always welcomed us with open arms here to Mayo, and it's great to talk and to you And I hope to be back again soon. You're very welcome here, and it's great to see you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.